0: Welcome to Whatever the Case, Stryker's official ASC podcast, which features interviews with leading experts in the ASC space focused on the clinical, operational, and financial considerations that go into ASC ownership. We hope to bring you valuable perspectives and insights to enhance your understanding of the ASC market. Because whatever the case, we've got you covered. I'm Lauren Clower, and today we will be taking a closer look at the impact partner selection has on ASC operations, profitability, and the overall culture of a surgery center. I'm excited to be here today with Dr. Krupa Patel, a podiatrist with over 11 years of experience operating at an ASC. She also has an ownership position at Foot and Ankle Specialists of New Jersey. Welcome, Dr. Patel. I'm looking forward to learning more about ASC ownership and partner selection from you. But before we get started, could you please provide a brief background of yourself? Absolutely. Thanks
1: for having me, um, Lauren, on this podcast to discuss this important topic with you. So I actually grew up in the melting pot of the world in Jamaica, Queens, New York. I'm a first generation daughter of immigrants from Uganda and India who grew up in a middle class home with parents who wanted their children to be successful and live their American dream. I went to public school in New York City, and then went on to undergrad to study biochemistry at NYU, and then medical school in New York as well. I moved to the Burbs, the country, as we New Yorkers call it, to Morristown, New Jersey, where I trained at Atlantic Health System in foot and ankle surgery. My residency was high-paced, large volume, and I was able to train with some of the best surgeons in the area. I then went on to join the practice that I currently own, the Foot and Ankle Specialist of New Jersey.
0: So why did you choose podiatry, Dr. Patel? Uh, What's your passion or association with that?
1: So I always knew that medicine was my passion. I, I wanted to be a doctor since I was a young girl. In middle school, I watched my grandmother suffer from complications of cancer, peripheral vascular disease, and loss of her limb due to diabetic complications. You know, I went on to, when I decided to, on a field of study, I wanted to focus on the lower limb as I was committed to saving limbs and wanted to keep people walking. It was during my training at Morristown that I saw the full scope of my field and how I would be able to change people's lives by both conservatively and surgically correcting foot and ankle issues that they suffered with. When I was a resident, I was lucky enough to not only train in a hospital setting, but also with attendings who worked at ASCs. Many of our elective deferable cases were performed um, at ambulatory surgery centers. It was very early on that I saw the benefit of ASC ownership and I was able to integrate partnership at an ASC very soon after graduating my residency.
0: That's a really moving story and I can't think of a more important body of work. Could you talk a little bit more about your journey to ASC ownership?
1: Absolutely. So my journey really started as a resident. You know, I trained like I said with many physicians who operated at ASCs and i knew that this type of environment would be perfect for my outpatient procedures for me the value proposition of an asc was clear because i would be able to provide high level patient care in a smaller setting have little to no chance of delays which then helped to streamline my schedule i knew that the asc was ensuring that patient you know patient care was number one with protocols and controls that not only allowed for safe and cost efficient care but that this care was on par with the hospital outpatient departments. Um, I was very cognizant at the time that I could help to lower cost in healthcare, but still have autonomy on what equipment, hardware, et cetera, that I wanted to use. Um, as many of my other co-part residents were concerned with is that initial monetary investment that I would have to make to become an ASC partner. But I knew that if I was gonna bet on anything, I would bet on myself. When I initially joined the ASC, I joined an established multi-specialty ASC, which had physicians who practiced uh, ENT, ortho, sports med, urology, pain, and even um, uh, podiatry as well.
0: And how would you describe your relationship with your partners? What was it like joining uh, an an established ASC where there was already uh, a group of surgeon owners?
1: So... My courtship with my partners was definitely one like when you enter a marriage. I I now spend more time with my partners than my actual husband. We have a collegial and friendly relationship where communication is open and easy. At the beginning, being one of the first and only female uh, minority partners, there was um, some difficulty connecting. But I think over time, with them seeing the value of my work, but also my commitment to the ASC,
0: I think that uh, relationship only got stronger. That makes sense. It takes time to build trust and to build up any relationship. When you think about the day-to-day at your ASC, how do you share responsibilities with your different partners?
1: So at our ASC, we have um, two managing partners who sort of coordinate the day-to-day stuff with our clinical director and our surgical center director, along with the regional vice president from our management company, AmSurge. Um, many of the day-to-day decisions are taken on by those managing partners um, and if there's anything that needs to be brought to the general board which is the remaining partners that's easily done through meetings obviously via zoom or in in
0: person and could you elaborate on that a little bit how do you typically align on large strategic decisions at your center
1: so the larger scale strategic decisions are brought to the general board um, anything that's going to be, Cost prohibitive or entail a big investment from the surgery center or the partners themselves, definitely is brought to the general consensus. Our discussions are typically open and um, fruitful, so we can get to a uh, decision quickly. But any day to day decisions, as far as staffing, scheduling, um, OR block time, those kinds of things are handled by the managing partners and our in house managerial staff. We have a pretty good team of people who keep the day-to-days running um, and keep those R's uh, hopefully full.
0: What happens in the event of a disagreement, whether large or small? How do you resolve that with your partners?
1: So first, we try to discuss it internally, meaning the board will have um, conversation, meetings, um, and try to come up with some sort of uh, agreement or plan. If there's still no agreement after that, the management company is brought in for some arbitration. So typically, there's not that many decisions that are disagreed upon with the partners, as we all share this mutual goal of keeping the ASC profitable. The decisions that tend to be the hardest are those that involve how to handle low-volume, low-performing physicians. Um, over the years, with experience, uh, the partners at my surgery center have amended our bylaws to set parameters that support continued growth of the business. So things like exit clauses, case volume requirements, and general behavior and workplace guidelines to ensure that the OR staff is being respected and, and treated appropriately.
0: So you touched on case volume requirements. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Why is it important to have partners at various stages in their career, and how does that relate to case volumes?
1: So I think this is key to a successful ASC that you're joining, whether it's de novo or existing. So there's a tremendous value in diversity of the partners with respect to age, Specifically, as our more senior partners have seen changes in our healthcare system, they can often anticipate issues that can arise with reimbursement and have you know help to offload the impact that insurances can have on the success of an ASC. Many of our senior partners were the first to create these types of ASCs in the area. So they're well versed on the legal underworkings of the ASC physician agreements, credentialing, as well as some conflict resolution. I think it's important to have physician partners who are in various stages of their career. Too many new physicians and your center may be slow to start. Too many older physicians and you start thinking about attrition and long-term success. So a healthy mix of providers will keep the rooms in your ASC full and hopefully keep it profitable. When it comes to your partners, regardless of age or stage in their career, there has to be a common growth mindset in order for long-term success of the center. Every ASC owner has to bring cases to the center. Otherwise, the entire team
0: loses. Are there uh, other benefits to having more experienced partners?
1: Absolutely. I mean, experience is invaluable. So with, with longevity comes institutional knowledge. Some of my partners may have seen it, heard it, and lived through it. It being you know, reimbursement cuts, staffing retention issues, Insurance contract negotiation, new partner selection, whatever that it may be, it could be the difference between ASC, ASC success or failure.
0: Speaking of success and failure, how do you work with your partners to understand and enhance the profitability of your center?
1: Now, for us, really, metrics are the key. You know, we are able to measure many different um, metrics and obtain data points um, regarding on-time starts, you know, block time usage transfer rates, complication rates, turnover times, and patient satisfaction. You know, measurement and metrics are really only useful if we can follow them up with actionable items. That is, if we have a particular surgeon who is not utilizing their block time, that we're able to make those decisions quickly to open up that block time for other surgeons who may want to fill that time slot. Um, these are the the basic minimal things that we can do to track how the ASC can be successful. Um, again, with metrics the, and data, unless there's some actionable follow-up item, I think it's just a lot of uh, numbers. And, and I think your profitability is only going to be increased if you actually uh, make use of that data. If we look at a study that was done in JAMA, it demonstrated that the cost of one minute in the OR for ambulatory surgery in California is approximately $35. The number ranges, depending on your geographic location, to from $10 to $100 a minute. So that's a 600 to a $6,000 per hour revenue loss. So if you think about the potential loss of revenue when there's OR downtime, those numbers get large very quickly. So efficient use of the OR is key for success. If your center has large gaps in scheduling, perhaps it's time to look at reallocating those block times or even doubling down on recruiting efforts for new partners if there is excess excess uh, capacity.
0: And how do you go about recruiting or seeking out new partners?
1: So I think that's actually the job of every ASC owner. So It's typically not our main focus, but I think it needs to be. So recruiting new physicians to join your ASC is often done casually in the hallway at the hospital when you bump into your colleague. I mean, it can take up to seven encounters with that colleague to leave a lasting impression. I often mention my ASC and describe my workflow to my colleagues and how it works for me. And then I give the name of that physician to the ASC staff internally to follow up with them. I mean, recruiting we do internally as well with search teams and referral leads that are followed up by our uh, in-house managers. At our ASC, we even give tours to potential new physicians to demonstrate how we function on a day-to-day basis. The new prospect is often introduced to the physicians who are on the schedule that day, as well as the OR staff. So, depending on the specialty, we do try to show off the equipment that we have. That is, like, if we're looking for a new joint replacement doctor. You know, having a MACO um, system in our ASC would be something that would be attractive. And it's definitely an easy way to recruit a new surgeon. Um, some of the, the difficulties in recruiting really ha- uh, happen because we're, we're not utilizing our network as much as we can or we should. So I think recruiting definitely should be forefront in, in a successful ASC.
0: You talked about how you spend a significant amount of time with your partners. Uh, They're key to your own personal happiness and success, but also the profitability of your center. What factors do you take into consideration when you do have the opportunity to select a new partner for your ASC?
1: A clean, calming waiting room, a seamless start to finish, and staff who seem happy to be there create a distinction for that ASC. Any new partner Who's joining our center should share in that vision of, of creating the best patient experience with high quality uh, outcomes. Uh, another thing that we look for is a commitment to profitability, right? A new partner should understand the basics of how reimbursement works and how to be cost-efficient. A surgeon who shares a growth mindset without compromising on high-quality comprehensive, comprehensive patient care is key. I always tell my residents to dress for the job you want. So simply bringing cases and volume is great, but bringing more to the table table to develop the SE is what I'm really looking for.
0: I think that's great advice for uh, new residents who are trying to decide where they would like to practice in the future. And it's clear that operating at an ASC has, has many benefits, but really, you have to think about a lot more than just doing cases every day. Um, in addition to that focus on profitability, can you talk a little bit about how new partners uh, need to contribute to or fit into the existing culture of the, of the center?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think a new partner who brings fresh ideas, values, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and proactively thinks about solutions to ASC issues adds value in my book. I, I know you're probably thinking, what does DNI have to do with an ASC? Well, everything, you know, if you're an owner, a prospective owner at an ASC, you should go back to your mission statement and, and include a commitment to diversity, equity and, and inclusion. In 2004, the Institute of Medicine addressed the urgent necessity to increase diversity specifically in the healthcare workforce, citing the shifting demographics of the US population and the importance of increasing ethnic and racial diversity among healthcare professionals. So this need was really based upon the belief that diversity among healthcare providers would be associated with improved access to care for minorities, better communication between patients and their healthcare providers, and greater patient-centered care around healthcare decision-making. Diversity is is absolutely vital to patient care. So having a staff and partners who are able to look at their own biases and implement change has both intrinsic and extrinsic rewards. Intrinsically, studies have repeatedly shown better patient outcomes, the actual reason that we're here to begin with, increased patient engagement and compliance, Patients feeling a sense of belonging and not being affected by our internal biases. So extrinsically, if we take a page from our corporate friends, diverse teams have increased revenue. So companies in which women are made made up more than 30% of the C-suite had higher net returns than companies without this demographic in in their leadership roles. Diversity and equity and inclusion is something that we can use or leverage uh, to make our ASCs better, as well as help to deliver higher and better quality patient care.
0: That's great. It's clear that diverse teams are stronger and in the healthcare space are better equipped to deliver uh, better patient outcomes. So how do you get intentional about recruiting new partners uh, who do represent a variety of backgrounds and experiences? So I think
1: you know, having diverse staff as well as partners leads to better patient outcomes. I mean, this has been shown in numerous studies published in JAMA and BMJ. Um, these are things that we can't ignore anymore. With a focus on diversity and equity, we're able to focus on providing equitable health care by increasing our cultural competence. Understanding our patients' needs, not just medically, but also culturally, ensures that we're providing the highest level of care that is fair and equitable regardless of race, gender, sex, or LGBTQ status. So not as, not only is the diverse staff integral to attain this goal, but a diverse surgeon group is as well. You know, recruitment efforts for new partners should be intentional with a focus on on DNI. And how ha- and how do we become intentional with our recruiting? So, you know, we have to ensure that we're casting a wide net when recruiting so that we have this diverse candidate pool to choose from you know, think outside the box. If you're a male surgeon, don't limit your conversations about joining an ASC to the OR locker room. You're missing out on recruiting a female surgeon who brings a fresh fresh perspective and value to the center, a female surgeon who may want to take on a leadership role, as well as provide high-level patient care. Recruitment should be intentional. Find a surgeon who is different from you, have a conversation about what they value, where they want to work, and then if an if an ASC is actually the right fit for them, you know, getting out of your frame of reference and seeking out groups that are not represented in your par- partnership demographic is key. You know, in order to be intentional, we have to get uncomfortable, and it's okay to be uncomfortable when when thinking about um, DNI.
0: It's so refreshing to hear this perspective, and even when I think of myself as a patient, I know that I prefer physicians who maybe uh, have a similar background to myself. I feel more comfortable talking to a female physician about medical needs than maybe a male in some cases, and I think uh, it's just really great to hear you talking about how at your center you are actively trying to you know, recruit partners who reflect a variety of different backgrounds. But what about the partners who were previously at the center? Um, How do you motivate them to invest in and value culture or diversity? I
1: think the best way to motivate and inspire is to have open dialogue about diversity and equity. There are going to be partners who don't recognize their own biases and don't see diversity as a healthcare opportunity. These people might need to have demonstrations with facts and numbers, you know, show that the research has been done. Um. Have an open dialogue with the staff members of the ASC, along with the partners. You know, sometimes the best stories of inequity are from the day-to-day experience of the people who you see in the OR. You know, take those masks off and have open conversations, open and honest conversations about how diversity impacts everyone from the surgical tech to the front desk. Seek out, actively seek out physicians who are part of an underrepresented minority to share their stories. When the conversation continues on a regular basis, it's a hard fact to ignore that diversity and equity is critical to the success of an ASC. I think that centers who invest in culture will have better patient outcomes and less employee turnover. I think the culture of any workplace is critical to its success. You know, Currently, we are all facing a staffing shortage that is unparalleled to anything we've seen in the past. You now, how do we mitigate employee turnover? you know it's sometimes and more often than not not about the salary or the money you know find out what's going on have constant communication about inclusive culture workplace harassment and bullying you know try to take steps to train physician partners about the j- dangers of workplace harassment and how that affects morale and what low morale does on productivity you know we are we as surgeons are very good at doing the job we're trained for ensuring that our patients are receiving the highest level of care. Unfortunately, we often fail to see our own biases with respect to the staff around us. You know, ASCs are one of the many arenas in healthcare that we can take the first step to increase patient care standards, create a welcoming, inclusive work environment, and double down on our ethos that diversity and and equity in healthcare has benefits that supersede financial, but rather help to change that dynamic between the patient and the provider.
0: What advice would you have for current ASC owners who want to increase the diversity at their center or to have a positive impact on their culture but don't know where to start?
1: I think step one is to to reevaluate the mission. If you don't have one, then create one. You know, creating a mission statement in any business uh, helps you sort of center and realign goals. Um, the second step would be to have a town hall, have a conversation with your staff and be open and honest about uh diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, is your staff happy at where they are? Are they feeling that they're being heard and seen? Are your new partners on board with the mission statement that you've created? You know, having a conversation is definitely the first step, but continuing the conversation is really the currency for change.
0: I love that. Well thank you for taking the time to speak with me today, Dr. Patel. It's clear that recruiting and partner selection is one of the most important decisions facing ASC owners today, and that securing partners with the right experience, the right background, and values is critical to the long-term success of the center. I also appreciate your thoughts on the value of diversity, and I couldn't agree more. Diverse teams have the ability to understand patient needs at a deeper level, and as a result, can provide better care. Thanks again for your time and valuable insights on this topic. Dr. Krupa Patel is a paid consultant of Stryker. Her viewpoints expressed in this podcast are her own and do not necessarily reflect those of Stryker. To learn more about Stryker's ASC business, visit Stryker.com ASC.